This is the foamy heads. We got a lot going today. Yeah, we do. This is kind of a weird environment for me because I have I haven't ever sat down. We're at a record. I mean, we're at we're at your office right now yeah. <laughs> at, a, at a semi-professional recording studio. That's right. I like that. <laughs> But we've got we've got quite a bit today. I'm a little out of my element right now because you know normally we're used to sitting down at either like just some sort of a fold out table or a couch or something. And this is a little different. We've got microphones in front of us and all kinds <laughs> of audio equipment. Heck yeah, it's gonna be a good day. What are we drinking today? Oh man, well let's see. You brought up Secret City by Tennessee Brew Works. I'm interested in this. Um, only a little. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually very interested in it because uh, Imperial IPAs are my thing. Triples, doubles, I like that kind of thing. The higher the ABV, the better. But the higher the ABV, typically the trickier it gets because you have the opportunity to go too boozy mm, and not yeah. enough flavor. So anybody can throw a bunch of alcohol into an IPA and say, oh, it's extremely boozy. But once you get into the 10% range and above, which is where this one sits that's when it kind of starts to get a little delicate because only real good IPAs can come across as extremely flavorful in the higher ABV and still be boozy at the same time. That being said, Tennessee Brew Works, right. you know, <laughs> they, I typically don't follow what they, what that they produce. Yeah. Um, so this should be, this should be interesting. We were looking at the uh, online kind of description of what flavors were present or put in was that the description they gave it or yeah that okay. was that was what they said and, and that's always subject to yeah um <clears throat> subject to individuals be an individual preferences you know and this happens anywhere cigar magazines and beer magazines and liquor they say this is the notes that you're expected to have and mm. things like that but every palate's different right so we may not experience cantaloupe uh, pine, tangerine, stone fruit, mango, and honeydew. That's everything they listed. Yeah, that's... We'll see. And that's a lot. <laughs> it is. Well, I'll go ahead and start opening these. There's one. Oh. There we go. out pretty nicely uh oh <laughs> you're good looks like I got the nicer glass <laughs> I'm just looking at it uh, yeah what do you think so far copper yeah it's definitely got a cop it's copper in color for sure it's definitely not it's not hazy but that's not what you're expecting from this mm -mm. a lot of the ipas we've had recently have been super juicy and hazy this is definitely more on the see-through side um but yeah smells what hang on a second <laughs> there's some there's some mango i can smell some mango and some and some stone fruit i don't get honeydew or tangerine but that's just on the nose mm -hmm. i'm not picking up any kind of uh it's a little citrusy, but that's about all I've got from the nose. Citrusy and a little bit of a... Uh, well, okay, hmm. so before we before we jump into it, let's run down the specs yeah. on this beer. Let's so 10%, 10.1%, uh, 10 hmm. 70 IBUs. Um, Tennessee Brew Works is, is broadcasting this as an extremely limited 
uh, beer. So <clears throat> I live out in Murfreesboro and our distributor got five cases and I have no idea um, how big of an area that distributor services. He got five cases of bottles, uh, case being 24. So approximately 115, 120 bottles they got and the beer store near me got one case. Uh, so, you know, that it's supposedly extremely limited, but I have no idea how limited it is because the casual pint right down the road from me has it on draft also. So I have no clue. On draft. On draft. So <clears throat> this You know what be, we usually say about on draft. <laughs> it's always better on draft. <laughs> oh, yeah. And before we get too deep, just wanted to say welcome to the Foamy Heads. That's where we are. Yeah. Where uh, drinks matter, but our thinks don't. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. All right. I'm going to go ahead and dive in on this. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see here. Oh, you got a good foamy head there waiting on it a little bit. There we go. Mine went down pretty quick. It's got some decent legs to it. The foam stays. It does. You know, this is, uh, and it's it's chilled. It's not super cold. This has been out of the refrigerator for a while. Actually, it's never been in the refrigerator. I was traveling back from Knoxville last night, and um, I just had these beers in my in the back of my car, so it had been around 20 degrees all night. Very nice. I'm going to take the first sip. Yeah, I got distracted by taking pictures. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Hey, it's got a little personality. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, it, t- it tastes different than it smells. Yes. Uh, it smelled kind of plain, in my opinion. Yeah. A little bit of citrusy, but then it just kind of smelled like lager or <clears throat> something. You know, obviously beer, but it didn't give me a profile of any sort on the nose. Do you pick up on the pine? Mm, just a bit. On the end. Right the, at the end. Yeah. It's uh, got that definite bitter end to it with a piney kind of hit. It's, you know, for 10%, you expect it to be a a little sweeter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes sense. But this seems to be sweeter than I was expecting for a 10% beer. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I wasn't expecting it to be sugary sweet. Like, you know, boozy sweet is one thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's a surprise overall because it's, I, I don't think I've had a beer kind of like this one. No. For 10%, it's. <laughs> I don't dislike it. I, I don't mean, either. It's good. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess it, I I really don't have anything else to say about this beer other than, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. I'm going to be nice <clears throat> when I say Tennessee Brewers is not typically a brewery that I drink just because I've been disappointed many times, you know, <clears throat> by their brews. So I, I, at the same time, an extremely limited beer. I was I was excited, but my expectations were low. So I think that combination means when I tried it, I like it. Right. Just because I wasn't expecting to fall in love with it. But did I fall in love with it? Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, I'd probably get it on draft if I saw it, mm-hmm. but it mainly for, you know, it's a 10%. It's not overly sweet. 
and it's got its own kind of character taste to it, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. It's that pininess right at the end that I really that kind of brightens it up. That moves it from sweet to bitter, right. A little bit, which which would have been more disappointing had it just stayed sweet the entire time. Because mm-hmm. when you drink it at first, and it tastes like an IPA, but it's extremely sweet, which is not what you're expecting from right. an IPA. But then the pine comes in at the end, and the bitterness comes right in at the end, and it kind of saves it for me. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I go from eh, it's not bad to the last part of the sip it's it's really good this um, almost reminds me of some christmas beers i've had christmas beers just because it's sweeter mm-hmm. but then the pininess kind of brings it back to where it needs to be really. yeah uh, it mellows it out but i'm kind of comparing stout to ipa at that point because the the sweeter ones i had were stout based but this kind of reminds me of it it feels like a holiday beverage to me for feels some like reason a holiday beverage well so let's go back down then um so aromas of pine tangerine stone fruit mango Mm. and honeydews flavors aromas which are replicated in the flavor profile which is highlighted by a rich full body nice resin mouthfeel solid multi backbone and dry crisp finish that's somewhat accurate yeah i think that's somewhat accurate it's crisp at the end for sure Uh Uh, it's refreshing uh you know for what it's worth I still don't get honeydew unless no. that's just the sweetness well, part of it that I'm, honeydew, that I'm picking up on. I feel like honeydew is a pretty subtle sweetness anyway. I don't think <clears> okay. we're going to pick up on that as much as, I don't know. I don't My taste mango, but I smell mango. Yeah, the citrus smell to it. That's definitely a mango mm-hmm. presence. And stone fruit. I'm not too familiar with stone fruit. Me neither. I'm not a good judge on stone fruit. Tangerine, that's in the, uh, that's a little bit there. <clears throat> the average rating on Untapped for this beer is three point nine seven. I'm a little I'm a little um, conservative on my Untapped ratings. I don't think that I typically my ratings are a little bit lower than the average. Mm-hmm. I would not put this at a three point nine seven. Um, I yeah. I'm struggling with the rating on this one. You know. Tennessee Brewworks, uh, it really came out of the woodworks for me on this one mm-hmm. because it's got personality to it, and I'm going to give it a three five. That's what I was sitting at. That's what I was sitting at. I think this is a this is a good beer for what it is. Uh, mm. If I see this on draft, I definitely want to try it because I'm going to remember what this beer tastes like in a bottle because it's so unique from the other IPAs that I've tried. That when this comes out on tap, I'm going to say, I remember what this tastes like on draft. I'm going to buy it on tap to, or on in a bottle, and now I want to see what it's like on draft so I Definitely. can compare the two. Yeah. Hopefully, they still have it for you, too. <laughs> we'll I'm, see. I'm looking it up on Untapped right now. I'm not seeing it. Secret City by Tennessee Brewworks. Tennessee. Well, there it is. I had to type in TN after Secret City, and then it pulled up. That's weird, but thank you for being smart. Untapped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot better than I thought it would be. Just because we, the beers we've selected from Tennessee Brew Works haven't always turned out in our favor. Yeah. Well, one thing that I do, I know this about Tennessee Brewworks, and this is what I like, is 
in in today's in today's world in craft breweries, you know, you've got the the guys that are just starting out and they're they're sourcing from anywhere they can. You know, they're they're still worried about cost of goods to some extent, but they're but they're worried more about making a good product. So they're willing to spend more to get a good product. And over time, as they get larger and larger and they start to scale, they mm-hmm. either get acquired by macro breweries or they become so large that in order to keep their margins and their profits high, they have to start sacrificing in uh, quality. And that may mean buying in bulk from other places and, and sketchy places. Tennessee Brew Works, um, I do know for a fact that they source straight local ingredients. So they don't actually buy ingredients from anywhere outside their area. Everything is local where they purchase, where they're able to. Hmm. So I do respect that. And the fact that they're, you know, creating jobs and they're growing within Nashville. Right. You know, that, that makes a big presence for Tennessee Brewers. So, you know, I'm excited to, is I give, I throw a lot of shade at them just for the fact that I'm never really a fan of their beers, but I like what they stand for. And they are the definition of a craft brewery yeah, because they, they source locally. They put jobs in their area and they produce beer that they are proud of and that their fans are proud of as well. Yeah. So that's Props what I like that. about that. We, yeah, I'm looking forward to giving them more chances this year, just seeing what, what's out there, what they come up with mm-hmm. for that fact alone. That's awesome. I'm just going to leave this going. Yeah, that's fine. And we'll <clears> grab <throat> another beer. This is, this is awesome. It's tasty. It's, uh, you know... It's not one I'm going to remember later. No. <laughs> Just but, for namesake alone. But I think it might. I, the label itself, I think it's going to catch my attention because it's got radioactive signs on I it, which makes that. no sense no. to me. <laughs> if you're going to put Secret City on there, put something that resembles something underground or Secret City, not radioactive right. nuclear waste type logo on the front because that's a big turnoff. But we might be missing something because it's Secret City. Uh, is that a reference? I don't know. We haven't been made pretty to it. It's a secret. That's right. <laughs> Damn, that's good. It's better towards the end. Yeah. After you already have that initial coating, mm, it's pretty good. This is my beer wrench. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Only one way to fix this one. I like that. J to the ROC. It could happen to you because it it happened happened to me me and T. T. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever reason, T is part of it. Yeah. Roll with my kitties. Which what what was Bubbles' rap? Got uh, a tabby one, a gray one, no, a gray one, a white one, and, and a tabby, tabby two. two. <laughs> oh, let me look at that. Play something, something, and with my shoes. <laughs> up in my shed, up in my shed. <laughs> I love it. A to Z lyrics. Here it goes. <laughs> I got a gray kitty white one and a tabby two and a big orange guy who put snakes in my shoes. <laughs> mad MCs. Mad MC skills. I leave you struck and I roll with my kitties and I'm hard as fuck. Yes. And I'm down, I'm down with Play-Doh and Socrates and I like to get busy with all the ladies. Grunt, grunt. Some, 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 something. Up in my grunt, shed. Up in my shed. Up in my shed. <laughs> 
Go Bubbles. Yeah. Go Bubbles. Everybody loves Bubbles. Yeah. That's the thing. Bubbles is great. Yeah, Bubbles is probably the, one of the favorite. God, they're all good. Yeah, man. Like, Ricky, uh, Bubbles. I'd say my favorite characters are Ricky and Bubbles. Yes. Those are my two favorite characters. Probably a show. But they all seem needed mm-hmm. to some extent. Man, out of the three, definitely Bubbles. And yeah. Ri- it's a hard it's competition. It's a hard choice. Man. Ricky or Bubbles. Like, but... I also love Leahy. He stirs all the shit. Like <laughs> he is the liquor. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, R.I.P. Mr. Leahy, Rest we miss peace. you. God. I've been seeing all those tours, and we had our chances like years ago to see Ricky or not Ricky. Well, they the came to town part, too, yeah, but it was a swear net cast, yes. right? Yeah. But there was also just Leahy and Randy going around the USA oh, and Canada, just. Doing their thing, serving hamburgers <laughs> during their shows, and that's uh, great. Well, how fantastic would that be? Randy's continuing the tradition, that's but still... it's just like picnic with Randy kind of stuff. Yeah, but man, and Randy keeps taking pictures on tour of the biggest like gut he oh. could find, <laughs> and they put their guts together for oh. a picture, oh. Oh. and no one's came close to Phil Collins in my opinion. That's so crazy. <laughs> There's no shirt that fits him. That's the funny part. Are you looking at my gut? (laughs) Yes, we're looking at your gut. It's fucking huge. No big deal. Burp smells like mackerel. (laughs) That show's too good, man. Uh, Greasy. (laughs) Greasy. That show, it's it, it's never a dull moment. There's always something in each season that catches your attention, at least. Oh, that's gross. But the first season is pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, I love Trailer Park Boys. I guess my turn's up. Yeah. What are we drinking? Hey, Bell's Hop Slam. Um, yearly release. The yearly release for Hop Slam. Double India Pale Ale brewed with honey. This has been a favorite for a long time. And I know we, we've probably said it in the past couple podcasts but or, or, or releases, but Hop Slam was one of the higher IPAs that I had to get me into beer, craft beer, specifically craft beer IPAs, India Pale Ales or Doubles. And it's just weird because we both started with crazy hopped out of yeah. the mines beer. Yeah. And- <laughs> It got us into the normal stuff. We started stuff. all the way at the top, and we was like, we can't get much hoppier and right. much more than this. Apparently, we had to get punched to get into it, because <laughs> that's what happened. Yep. And uh, with you, the 120, right, mm-hmm. from Dogfish. Yep. Uh, Dogfish had 120-minute IPA, oh. 17.5%, uh, 120 <laughs> IBUs. Like that was that was the first IPA that I had had. I had sampled a couple before whenever somebody said... You know, hey Richard, do you like IPAs? And I said, no, I don't like bitter beers. Mine mm-hmm. was more like Sam Adams. I liked Wits. I liked, you know, copper lagers and things like that. And then somebody goes, hey, try this IPA. And I take a sip and I go, eh, it's just too bitter for me. But I think what for me it needed to be sweet, yeah, and hoppy. And then from there I could kind of dial back on the alcohol and start getting more and more bitter. So mm. that's the reason I think why 120 appealed to me as an IPA. Yeah. So, but that is kind of different with Hop Slam. It is because Hop Slam is not very sweet. It's sweet, no. but only because of the alcohol. It's not. 
And the honey gives it a little bit of a, uh, not canceling of sweet and bitter, but it's like it's almost soft at the end. Yeah. And it's pleasant. Well, it balances out the just massive amount of hops that yes. it throws at you in the first part, <laughs> which is actually kind of, it's the opposite, I think, of what uh, we just had with Secret City. That's true. Because that starts out extremely sweet, and then the bitter comes in at the end, whereas with Hop Slam... It just it throws everything it has at you, mm-hmm. you know, and then it says, "Oh, by the way, here's some sweetness at the end to kind of yeah. save the save the day." That's true, man. Yeah, didn't think about that. That'll that'll be interesting to see how this is now following that act. But it should be. It's a good follow up, though. I think because they're both ten percent, um, and they're both very high in um, in IBUs. Let's see. I think the Secret City was around. Uh, oh, yeah, 70 okay. IBUs, Thank but you, it was 10%. But the the Bell's Hop Slam is oh gosh, I'm uh, I'm trying to remember. I looked it up. I can't necessarily I can't necessarily see it, but uh, it's 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 in the same neighborhood I think as the Secret City. I think it's around 70 IBUs uh, and 10%. So we're looking mm. at two very distinct beers, but they're also in the same category in terms of alcohol and hops yeah i think you're right the i i tried to search it on untapped real quick but as reliable as it can be it's just as unreliable and uh, the current hop slam has no ibu yeah but i'm looking at 17 and it was 70 on the dock. okay so okay so it should and, be in the ballpark and i don't think i really don't think that their recipe changes from year to year yeah i think it's consistent. i think it's just i think it's the same beer i think sometimes maybe they'll they'll change it up i don't know if they added honey this year but in previous years the only reason i knew there was honey in this beer is because you had referenced it a couple of times and mm. it has honey in it um, but so I don't I don't really know if if that's a normal thing. Uh, I just looked it up. This year's uh, version has seventy IBUs as well. Okay. So so uh, it's pretty consistent yep. across the board, yep. year to year. Yeah. So I th- we're looking at two very distinct beers, but in the same uh, they're in the same they're in the same category, same boat. So this is a good a good beer to follow it up with. Can't wait. It already pours out with like a. Uh, slight copper tone and it's a little bit lighter looking than the secret city just a little bit lighter mm-hmm. man you can smell those hops <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> hop slam i look forward to hop slam every year yes Bell, i do too bell's brewery bell's is a good brewery uh, i typically don't go out of my way to find their stuff just because it's available everywhere i can always find it um, but whenever Hop Slam comes out, I always try my best to get a six pack of it so that I can savor it and drink it a little bit here and there. I love finding it on tap if I can, and the cans are just fun to find in general. I thankfully, the places around me get all sorts of beers. Yeah, and that's super convenient. But you know, two three years ago. Wasn't the case. No. Nope. <laughs> I, I need to look up the new laws for Tennessee's distribution because uh, apparently we're just letting the floodgates in. Like Revolution Beer, mm-hmm. your your friend I saw checked it in and put the purchase location in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And which used to not be a thing. Revolution was yeah. not distributed anywhere in in Middle Tennessee or even I think Tennessee in general. Yeah, and apparently th- it's all up in Kentucky now. 
So there's some distributor somewhere throwing it down into Murfreesboro, and I super appreciate it, and I can't wait to see like the other beers that come out from yep. Revolution into Tennessee, specifically looking at their uh, oh, it's their barrel age series that they come out with uh, at the end of winter every year, or at least end of the year, uh, around December, and I'm going blank on the name right now because we don't have it. I, I'm not able to drink it ever, mm. but they've got Death Star is the, I think, the original can that they did yearly for a mm. while, and that was already really sought after. Lines out the door in Chicago waiting for this beer, and then they expanded the line to like a coffee version, a bar- bourbon barrel version, vanilla and all sorts of stuff so now they call it a specific series that they're doing year to year uh deepwood that's it okay. yeah the deepwood series yeah that's and the interesting thing about revolution at what chicago base yes. right yeah so they're out of chicago but the same thing happened with dogfish head back when tennessee used to not allow dogfish head to be distributed because the only thing they could get was 60 minute ipa everything else had to be sold in a liquor store because of the tennessee laws and their alcohol levels were way too high so there wasn't much of a footprint in tennessee and of course there were um there were quality problems that dogfish head experienced because they tried to expand too big too fast so they eventually had to pull back a lot but once they got their quality down and they were able to start distributing at scale very similar to revolution you started seeing them in kentucky Mm. like they would distribute to kentucky 120 minute ipa people would drive to kentucky twice a year when they knew that those stores were going to get 120 and then after you know after so long it was like you couldn't find it anymore because people just came in and bought all of it up and slowly they started distributing south so Tennessee typically gets craft beers after Kentucky does hmm. for a lot of the northern and west coast breweries even because Kentucky is a good hub for craft beer um, because uh, there's people from states all over around Kentucky that just true. have this love for craft beer and they're willing to drive <laughs> to get it. Right. So um, It's a I good median. Yeah. I think Revolution was kind of doing the same thing uh, is that you, you find a lot of those beers first in Kentucky before you'll find them locally in your area man this pours good yeah it is that's a good foamy head yeah yeah oh it smells great it's crisp light and there's a little bit of a sweetness to it and i can only assume that it's the honey with the hops mm-hmm. probably what i like about hop slam is that it's dry hopped at the end with um uh simcoe or citra i can't remember simcoe simcoe hops I typically don't Simcoe hops are okay for me. I, I typically go for more of the juicier, sweeter hops than Simcoe. Simcoe's a little bit bitter mm. uh, and a little bit basic. Like there's not much to Simcoe hops. Kind of like, kind of like uh, Mosaic. They're just there to add bitterness to it. But in this beer, it works because it's sweet. You know, with it's the true. higher alcohol, and they say, okay, now that we're done with the six different hops, we're just going to massively dry hop it with Simcoe. Mm. And I think that's where we're getting that bitter taste on the end because dry hop beers always allude to bitter aftertastes. Those, so that might be where so that, that end of the sip is coming in. And that's what I like about Hop Slam. Yeah, I'm diving on in. Mm. I actually took earlier sips, <laughs> but it's good. Uh, it, it, 
I it's just, tasty. It's always so good. Yep. <laughs> Man, the honey just... It, Grapefruit, stone yeah. fruit, and floral notes. Generous malt bill. Uh, dollop of honey provide just enough body to keep the balance in check, resulting yeah. in a remarkably drinkable rendition of a double IPA style. Again with the stone fruit. <clears throat> Man. Yeah. Rate Beer gave it a 4.2 out of 5. That's accurate. Nice. I, I think that, in my opinion, this beer, I always look forward to this beer because it's it's super hoppy. It's not boozy. No, not at all. It's I don't. It's it. It's hides. got a sweetness to it, but it's you don't. It's get not the alcohol boozy sweetness. sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, I think it hides. I think it hides the alcohol better than the Secret City. Definitely that we had, and I keep referring back to that. But I understand they're two different beers. But they're both 10% and they're both 70 IBUs. Yes. And I don't think we realized that going into no, today. we did Because <laughs> I brought the Secret Cities and you had the Hop Slams. Yeah. And after we had that Secret City, we said, you know what? What, do, what can we have? And you brought out Hop Slam, which was accurate because there's really nothing else I think that can follow something of that high yeah. ABV except Hop Slam. Yeah. This is the only contender we've got on yeah. hand. <clears throat> but they're yeah. two completely different tasting beers. One starts out sweet and then it's bitter and that's the hop slam here and the other one um starts out or i'm sorry starts out bitter and then sweet and that's um i think i got that backwards actually the hop slam mm. ends bitter yeah in yes. my opinion it does but the secret city ends sweet but starts out bitter whereas the hop slam is the exact opposite mm-hmm. or secret city secret city yeah Lots of hops. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how much hops they put in in the hop slam. Yeah, I'm curious too. The uh, man, you can taste them as you get more and more into the beer as you drink it. Like on the initial taste, it's got like a smoothness to it and then a bitterness. But as you keep coating your mouth with it over the glass, you know keep sipping it it gets a little more bitter and bitter and mm. bitter it kind of stacks up yep and it's a it's just delicious i don't i kind of wish the secret city had a little more bitterness than yeah. the sweetness yep it's just that would have bumped body. it up a little bit more for me definitely i think if the if the secret city had a little bit more bitterness to me it would have been not, not discounting the beer it was right. good yes it would have been better with a little bit more hops for sure. And Hop Slam nails it. <laughs> just Definitely. nail it. It's and, consistent too. So, you know, we already had our mindset on how it should be. Mm-hmm. And it is. And it is that. Here's a fun fact about Hop Slam. The amount of hops in one bottle of Hop Slam equals the amount of hops in 7.2 cases of a popular light beer. So you're oh, looking at how many yeah. beers are in a case? 24 times 7. You're looking at oh god, well shoot, that was a big that. part of their a- advertising campaign this year too. Ah, it, they've had some fantastic graphics of just uh, like the beer glasses we're using today. They compiled you know seventy some odd glasses and then maybe a half of one or however it was. That's a good idea. And they were like, "This is how many hops it is compared to one." Blah blah blah. That's great. And they did that on multiple things. But so. that that that. 
pick depicts the amount of hops compared to another beer. I just did the math. 173 light beers. Oh my the god. The amount of hops in 173 light beers is the same amount of hops in one can of hop slam. One can versus 173 cans. That's ridiculous. That, that's that's nuts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and it's delicious. Yes. So <laughs> you this is definitely one I'm trying to remember what I said my first IPA was, and I'm having trouble thinking now. I know Hop Slam was part of it, but I feel like Hop Slam was the second one. Well, have you sampled a couple other beers beforehand? I, I totally did, but none of them hit home. It was it had to be a palate record, and it might have been Hop Slam. I'll have to go back and look at my notes, because I went through a whole journey trying to figure out what I had before uh. to lead me to what I'm drinking now. And that episode is still to come. But Because yes. uh, I've got all the Belgians that I had that got me into beer initially, craft beer. And then the IPA train hit. And it was thanks to the heavy hitters. You know, <clears throat> plain India Pale Ales just didn't do it for me at the beginning. I, I, it was almost like, what is this? It tastes bitter i don't want it yeah but it took a punch in the mouth of bitter (laughs) i don't know why but it there's tons of flavor i guess that's what it is and it shocks your mouth with the amount of hops they put into it and then you kind of get interest there and that's where i started perusing the more in the vein of india pale ale new excuse me (laughs) And then there's, you know, the hazy IPAs that eventually hit Nashville, but New England, they all, it just became part of my new thing for years to come was, were IPAs after I had, I think it was Hop Slam 120, and there was one more that I'm forgetting that did something, but, you know, at the time I was also testing out the waters with Lagunitas mm-hmm. and all sorts of other ones so i i it's hard to say <laughs> which one it was yeah <clears throat> well i think i mean you've got that's two very big heavy hitters hop slam uh 120 um you 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 weren't referring to the beer earlier but you did mention the same phrase green flash has a palette oh, wrecker yeah green <clears throat> flash was awesome yes yeah. and they no longer distribute on the east coast unfortunately no. they had a they had an East Coast distribution center, but they kind of started scaling and, and more and more craft beer came out and they just didn't keep up with originality and stuff and they kind of mm-hmm. got swallowed. So, you know, they had to they had to move things and shut down their East Coast plant. They still distribute out in the West, so like California, Nevada, and places like that. <clears throat> Palette Wrecker is probably one of the hoppiest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easily over 100 IBUs. I think it was like 120 IBUs right. or something like that, and that beer was easily the hoppiest beer that I've ever had. But I think that I've I had that early on too in my IPA career, and and I don't understand why I liked it so much. Maybe like what you said, it's a little sweet because it's higher alcohol. But a lot of the IPAs out there. <laughs> Sorry. They just make a lot of breweries. They just make IPAs. They say, let's just throw a bunch of hops in a beer and make it. And, and IPAs are easy to make, mm-hmm. but they don't always taste good. 
So when somebody tries an IPA and they're like, oh, I don't get this, you know, Man. like craft beer, you haven't had the right IPA yet. That's right. There's, there are variants. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to drink too much Hop Slam that time. <laughs> but, God, uh, one thing I definitely want to try is recreating Pliny. Ooh. I think that'd be a fun project for the podcast. Ooh. And, you know, that we can't get Pliny here in Tennessee. I love Pliny the Elder. But if we can work on it for six months, I think we might be able to nail it. We'll have to, well, it's just a, it's a progr- progressional thing, but. 8% and 100 IBUs is Pliny the Elder. It's so good. It doesn't drink like that. No, though. it doesn't. <laughs> like it's a lot, it's a lot smoother. It doesn't drink like 100 IBUs, which you're expecting this big punch in the face. Right. And Hop Slam, I think, kind of has more of a hop backbone than it Pliny does. the Elder does. And it's a higher ABV than Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder just drinks so smooth. It's ridiculous. Yes. <clears throat> I, we'd be spoiled if we got it here. Because now we're getting all sorts of good beers. But Come on, but, Russian River. Bring, right. bring your shit to Tennessee. Let's go. <laughs> California-based, man. It's like Ricky. Pliny, let's go. Let's go. Beers. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've Russian. had it. I've had it one time. I've had plenty. Of, no, twice. I feel twice. like twice. I've yeah. had it twice. I had it recently, and then I had it a while Ooh. back. And I can't remember. I can't remember if it was you that gave me a bottle or if it was somebody else. It wasn't me. I wasn't able to find one okay. while I was in Colorado. Okay. I had it recently. I had it probably a couple of months ago. My friend was uh, up in. Indiana, it might have been Indiana or Chicago, or whatever, hmm. or no, Colorado. And Pliny Colorado. is actually pretty available yes. in Colorado, which is where a lot of it's, new craft breweries. The are bottles as well. are still limited, one per customer per day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can keep going back and picking them up, and it's also on tap at several places that you wouldn't expect if you're just an out of towner. Yeah, um, there was a pizza joint that had it on tap. Mm. Endless supply, it felt like. Because I ordered five. Five Pliny the <laughs> yes. Elders? That's a good day. It was awesome. And then we went to another place. It was kind of like a, a, a dive bar, in a sense, in Denver proper. So mm-hmm. um, I forget the name of it. It's a well-known establishment for GABF. Mm-hmm. The lines are out the door at this place singularly because Pliny, Pliny the, the Elders Elder. on tap. Same with that pizza joint, I believe. It's a little more recent, mm-hmm. like uh, several years. Uh, they, they've been there, if not five or more. But both those places are just packed for Pliny on GABF, from what I've been told. We Eventually, we'll get to GABF, but uh, yeah. God, we won't be able to record because of the madness. No. <laughs> we might do like segments, five minutes at a time, like currently in line at blah, 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 blah. Yeah, We're planning to that, get our hands on on this. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we could bring our cell phones and maybe do a mobile podcast <laughs> right. from there and, and piece a bunch of stuff together. But there, there's going to be no time to sit down and drink at these places unless we're just given a spot. But, uh, you know, we're just starting out maybe a few years from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, man, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Yep. G A B F. 
there's like three events I want to go to. GABF, Dark Lord's Day. <laughs> and then there's the Dark Beer Lord's Advocate Day. one. Beer Advocate. Yeah, I'm still learning about this one. But apparently it's something that happens every year. It's in Boston. And it's a big gathering of people from Beer Advocate, of course. And, you know, tickets are comparable to GABF, I think, if mm-hmm. I remember right. But Dark Lord's Day seems way up there. It is. <laughs> I can't wait for that. It uh, is. I was I actually. It's funny that you mentioned that because oh, I've got Dark yes. Lord Day's website up on right now. I was. I was. You just happened to mention it, and I was like, I really want to talk about Dark Lord Day. But let's do it. I, I mean, okay, that's fine. This isn't. You know, we're drinking IPAs. Right. Dark Lord Day is all about imperial barrel aged stouts and mm. and porters and all that. And so I debated bringing it up just because we're not drinking that today. True, but what we're going to be talking about Dark Lord Day for a while oh, anyway man. because you had a fantastic experience with it last year and you know right now we've we're got to we got to deplenish our IPA stock. We've bulked up a mass of yes. IPA from not only Bearded Iris and Nashville cuz we're here in Nashville. Yep. But you know, we've got IPA, 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 IPA. We have a load of stouts to get to soon because of my dive into craft beer, included Belgians. Okay. So it's going to be a weekend of dark beer. Yes. And we may even do this leading up to Dark Lord's Day. God, and I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, dark Lord Day. Okay, so let's talk about Dark Lord let's Day for a minute. Um, yeah. March 23rd. Mm. Uh $200 to get a ticket, 190 and some change or something like that. It is not a cheap event, but that being said, and it doesn't include your beer. And that's kind of the shitty part is, yeah. is Dark Lord Day is like a day where everybody just, and they only have so many tickets available. So, you know, on, on, uh, I'm sorry, March 23rd is when tickets go on sale. May 18th is when Dark Lord Day is. So, 12 o'clock p.m., the website's going to be flooded because people are going to be waiting in the queue to buy tickets for Dark Lord Day. And you buy your tickets, and then you show up, and you're only each person can bring uh, 72 ounces of beer, yeah. I think, per person into the event. So everybody shows up with 100 ounces of beer plus, and mm. then they wait in line to get into the event. So people are lined up at like 8 o'clock in the morning and they're just passing bottles back. So somebody <laughs> will bring a beer from their favorite local brewery that you can't get anywhere else. It's the exact opposite of what your mom told you not to do right. when you were a little kid. You don't take things from a stranger, right? And somebody just opens up a bottle, pours a little bit, starts passing it back, and you get all these beers that you can't try because they don't distribute outside their area. And I met so many good people there. Just, hey, come try this beer out. And they'll just, you know, you have your your taster glass around your neck all day, and they just come up and they'll pour a beer in your glass and you can start drinking it. It's amazing. Like, it's... It's everybody is there simply to bond over drinking beer mm. and making good friends. That's literally all it. They have concerts all day, uh, food trucks, uh, and literally three Floyd's beer everywhere. They're tapping, they're tapping yearly releases every hour at probably different. I mean, they've probably got fifteen or twenty different locations Man. in that in that brewery just for Dark Lord beer. You know, and then they say you, you, and you. They pick out their breweries and they say bring this beer this is the one we want you to bring it's just you have one to bring, too. every brewery can only bring one beer oh man and it has to be their best beer 
And people don't submit applications to apply mm. to bring a Dark Lord Day. Three Floyds picks the brewery and they said, these are the beers that you have to bring. Pick one of them and bring them with you. So it's a very exclusive event. Yes. Well, well worth your $200 in my opinion. Yes. Oh, man. I can't wait. I'm... It it's going to be so good. Yeah. And you won't remember much of it that day. <laughs> It'll That's all what come back you slowly. Back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll remember next year when I go. That's not the case either. Yeah. We'll probably record snippets if we are, you know, progressionally throughout the thing. Uh, we we got to think on how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. It may be bad audio, audio quality, but we're going to post something about it. Yeah. And all the people involved because it's going to be a good time. Yeah. And, oh, man. Well, maybe we do something, maybe we take, you know, maybe we do live videos and maybe we'll post it to our stories on Instagram or, you know, on the Foamy Heads Instagram page or something like that. Yeah. You know, maybe we don't necessarily have to podcast, but we can, we can still record the events as we go throughout the day. We can take videos or we Mm -hmm. could do live feeds and just kind of walk around and show what they have on draft. Yeah. Yeah. That might be one way to do it. That's probably the best way. Because we're, 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 we haven't put all in on this thing yet. No. So, you know, we're still testing the waters, figuring things out. And Instagram kind of makes it easy for that. Mm-hmm. It'll publish to Facebook, too. So yeah. guess we'll have to set up a channel for that. <laughs> uh, but, man, Dark Lord Day is going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Mm. Final thoughts for Hop Slam? Uh, I can't wait till 2020 or 29 <laughs> or later this year when it comes out again. That's I, right. I just, I, no, I like I'm, not, that. I'm not discrediting Bell's. Um, I think Bell's is a great brewery. Our friend Robert is just mm. a huge Bell's brewery fan that Bell's and Avery are probably his two favorite breweries around, but we have very different flavor profiles. He hates IPAs and, and oh, loves right. dark beers. Bells, in my opinion, they make good beer, mm. um, but there's also good beers from other breweries that I can try. So while I don't stray away from Bells, I just don't go looking for it. Right. But when Hop Slam comes out, it's a whole different story. Yes. I look forward to Hop Slam every single year. Man, we're gonna have to get Robert for the Dark Beer Day then. Yeah. Because. Uh, I'd like to hear what he has to say about my early adoption. <laughs> you know Robert will provide his opinion on That's that right. too. <laughs> Robert's a good dude. Yes. Man, I can't wait. This That's going to be a good episode. What's your take on Final Thoughts for Hop Slam? Though? Hop Slam, it's always a fan favorite for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Bell specifically for Hop Slam. Yeah. They've got other ales and beverages that I enjoy, but Hop Slam's the one that sticks out in my mind. And that's probably because it's one of the ones that got me into IPA craft beers. And I, I just, not a year goes by that I'm like, oh shit, where's that hop slam? Because yep. <laughs> I, I want it towards October, like at least in Tennessee. Our seasons for boats and just getting out mm-hmm. typically are from March all the way till November, uh, right now anyway. And hop slams. A perfect companion on a boat because typically you bring like lower than six percent beverages on a boat but if you start with hop slam you're set <laughs> like and it, it's not 
overly bitter and it's not overly sweet. Yeah. It's a good in between. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's still strong. Yeah. But it rests easy. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Shit, I'm bring. I'm going with you next time you go on a boat. You're gonna bring some Bell's Hop Slam. Fuck on a yeah. Boat? Okay. Man, it, it's fantastic, and uh, I think I, I I usually go with Hop Slam and what is that Founders All Day IPA? Yeah, that kind of keeps it going. Yeah. So uh, it's a good combo between the two, if you're into IPA. What are you drinking? <laughs> we are drinking the raspberry truffle from Avery. So this is uh, number 50 in their barrel age series. Stout aged in bourbon barrels with chocolate and raspberries. That sounds good. This was, uh, since they give me the information, I'll continue here. Uh, bottled in July 27th, 2018. 14% alcohol what? by volume. Fourteen <laughs> percent. Yeah, we're splitting this Ooh. one. And uh, production total was one thousand three hundred sixty-eight cases. That's cool. So pretty limited. Um, with this fiftieth installment to their Barrel Age series, they figured there's always room for dessert. They are proud to serve this homage to Dad's favorite dessert, a riff off their first ever seasonal brew from 1996, magnified and bourbon barrels for a bigger, bolder bite of indulgence. And uh, just with the additional nitty gritty, this was brewed with the Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, malted wheat, oats, chocolate, raspberries, hops, and yeast. Since they give me the information, I read it. 14%. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nuts, man. I love Avery. This is a... This is turning out to be a day because we've had two, what, two 10% beers? Yes. And now we're, we're splitting this one. Yeah. This is, we're splitting this 14% beer, but Jesus, still, I mean, six, <laughs> ounce, a, six ounces a piece of 14% beer. This it's, is going to be good. It's something, man. So here we go. Let's see what this pours like. I almost wish, well, we'll go, just go with these. One, two, three. Finish that off real quick, and the rest goes into here. Look at that. I gave yours more of a heavy pour than mine. But this is your beer. You need to be taking this one. I've rinsed this one out, so you're welcome to have that glass. Hold on. I can smell that from the from here. I'm just like we're across the table. Ooh. We don't have video going right now. Mitch is holding both glasses, and we're probably three and a half, four feet away. Yeah, probably four feet, four and a half feet yeah. away. And I can smell the beer all the way from over <laughs> here. I can smell the booze, and I can smell the raspberry. We're letting the uh, the foam sit here. It looks like I might have heavy poured you a little bit, so I'll just do this and. Uh, let me grab a towel. <clears throat> well, that's what we got currently. So. Fourteen percent. Fourteen, man. Avery doesn't joke. No. Ah, oh. little bit of residue there that we left. Yeah. 
but that's all right. Okay, this is this is standing up against some pretty high reviews. This has an average of four point four out of five on Beer Advocate. Oh wow! So this is this is a tall order that they have to fill. Four <laughs> four point three nine to be exact out of five mm. uh, is the is the average rating on <clears throat> on Beer Advocate. Beer Advocate typically is a little bit more harsh with their ratings than somebody like Untapped because. Untapped is more of a social beer uh, media site, whereas Beer Advocate, there is a social piece involved, but it requires extra steps to go through and create a profile with Beer Advocate. And typically you find there are more beer snobs on Beer Advocate than there are in places like Untapped, which is mainly just about making friends and rating beers in the right. meantime. So if there is a, typically the, the ratings on Beer Advocate, to me, I've found have been more accurate or more in line with what I think a beer should be than somewhere like Untapped. So the fact that I see a 4.4 out of 5 means there is it's a pretty tall order. So I'm very interested to see whether or not I agree with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. And uh, the way they spell truffle is truffale. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I said truffale earlier or truffle, but uh, truffale specifically. <laughs> Well, this down, is interesting. Run down the look. So there's a lot of floaties in it. Yeah. Um, this thing is dark. There is no, there is no seeing through this beer. It's definitely jet black, um, tan head. You know, kind of a dark tan head and a lot of um, floaties in it. I, I would say. I don't know if it's the the wheat or what it is, but I'm picking up. A lot, yeah, of a lot of sediment. Yeah, I'm gonna stir it around a little bit just to get a peek at this. Yeah, <laughs> what I expected there. Uh, the nose is full of raspberries, raspberries and barrel aged. Yeah, this thing smells boozy. Bourbon and raspberry, yep. man. <laughs> it's like a one of those cordials. Wow. This is definitely, as the picture on the label depicts, like a, a almost a Thanksgiving kind of thing. Yeah. I mean. Looks woo. very woodsy. Definitely. Should we dive in? Let's dive on in. Woo! Damn. Whoa! Wow. Raspberry. Chocolate. Dude. The booziness is there, but the, I mean, like barrel aged is yeah. there, but it's not. It fades out. Yeah, real quick. Like it's on the front for sure. Yes. And then it just completely dissipates. Yes. That is very weird. I wasn't expecting that. No. All I get is like dark chocolate mm -hmm. and fruit raspberry notes. Wow. Right at the end. And that's a wonderful aftertaste. That is Holy so crap. good. <laughs> oh. Man, that bitter chocolate on the end. Yeah. It tastes better than it smells, but yes. it smells pretty damn it good. It smells really damn good, and it tastes really fucking good. <laughs> Robert, we're sorry. We'll have to find some for you some other time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. He's already had this. Really? Actually, okay. yeah. He checked this in. Oh, good. Um, Proud Robert, of him. Robert, one of our buddies. He's a, he, uh, Avery is probably his biggest. 
And he actually had this at the brewery when he visited last time back in October. Oh, he, gave it, he gave this a 4.5 out of 5 on Untapped. Mm. I don't disagree with his. Yeah, not at all. Rating. This is a really good beer. I might have to match his review Ooh. rating because that's kind of rare. Uh, but damn, that's a, that's a dessert. Man. <sighs> mm. Here's the thing, though, is it smells extremely barrel-aged. Like, yes. It smells bourbony, mm-hmm. really bourbony. But when I taste it, I get the booze and I get the alcohol, but it's muted very quickly by the raspberries and the dark chocolate. Yes. So I don't taste, by the, by the end of the sip, I don't taste barrel-aged. It smells more barrel-aged than it tastes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches where you end up just tasting peanut butter at the end. Fun fact about me, I don't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I actually, I don't like jelly, so I don't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So I have no idea what that means. That's too bad, man. <laughs> I had no childhood growing up. Gosh. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. Barrel-aged series, stout, aged in bourbon barrels with chocolate and raspberries. And the, I, I, again, I keep I keep reiterating, it's amazing how barrel-aged it smells, mm-hmm. but it dissipates quickly on the, on the taste. When I taste it, like, it's there quickly and then it disappears. Like, the raspberry and chocolate show up real quick and yeah. it just completely overrides the barrel-aged taste. Super weird. Yeah. But I really enjoy it. It's really it. good. I'm curious. I want to know more about how they made this possible because Man. this is fan fucking tastic. <laughs> Man. July 27th last year. And we served it at around the mark that they're asking, the 45 to 55 degrees. Yeah. So I'm going to let this set for a minute and just see what it's kind of like when I warm it up a bit. Raspberry Truffle Barrel Age Series. With, it's a fi- the 50th installment to the Barrel Age Series from Avery. Mm. <clears throat> An homage to Dad's favorite dessert, a riff on our first ever, ever seasonal brew from 96 magnified in bourbon barrels for a bigger, bolder bite of indulgence. That's nuts. It's <laughs> I really like this beer. It's delicious. Oh man, this is good. Get a of this. Heck yeah. This was a delightful surprise. We are going to be enjoying this I hope this is still recording did it stop? it might have well the stop button is still highlighted but so is it hello? hello? I'm not seeing it record are you? What's yours at? <clears throat> On Audacity, I'm at an hour and 30 minutes. This is an hour and 30-30. Okay. 
Well, let me hit hour and it's at an hour and thirty thirty now for me. Okay. Oh, it just went to one thirty forty. <clears throat> okay, so maybe it is still recording. I hope it is. It might be. Ta- is what's the very first part? Is it zero? I don't know. What? Where does it start at on the screen there? Where does it start at? What's the hour and minutes? It might be. It might be looking at the entire recording as a whole, and since it's so long, it's not moving very much. That's true. I just saw this nudge a bit over okay. here, so I think we're all right. Either way, we got some audio one way or the other. Yeah. But. Nice. That is. I like that beer. I am delightfully surprised. This was actually on the shelves here in Nashville. Oh really? I I believe so. I saw it, but because this is raspberry truffle, I'm not too keen on it but now i am mm-hmm. i'll have to keep an eye out for it because avery has random stuff on our shelves here in tennessee so i believe this is one i've seen and i think when uh dick and rick visited well dick's stationed here in nashville rick came and visited us they went beer hunting for a christmas party here at our office and picked up, I believe it was this one and several other Avery beverages. Mm. But I know for a fact for that night that Rick brought back a Samuel or something like that. I forget exactly which one it was, but it was one of the discontinued beers that are still on the shelves at Avery. I forget what it was called. It was weird but very good it was super sweet for a heavy hitter it was a dark beer but it hit hard and sweet it was weird Mm. raspberry truffles (laughs) delightful (laughs) man man this is a good day we got mm-hmm. all sorts of good beers. We, we went through Secret City, which was a limited release from Tennessee Brew Works. We got Hop Slam from Bells, which is a yearly release. And we have went on to the darker side, and we want the barrel-aged raspberry truffle from Avery. And so the Hop Slam, Bells, Secret City, Tennessee Brew Works, Avery with the barrel-aged series, as they note here, with the raspberry truffle. And, you know, it's all been a ride. This has been delicious, and we've got one more that we're coming up with here. And it's from a brewery that I sincerely love. And to go on a tangent... (laughs) A tangent? A tangent. So, from several years ago, uh, me and my now wife... Allison, we went to Chicago several times before we got married and just loved the city. Don't know if we could live in it, but we definitely love visiting. And Revolution Brewery has been a staple of our visit. And my wife's not much of a beer drinker, but I really am. So <laughs> I very, uh, I-, I insisted that we wait outside of Revolution Brewery during their busiest hours when we were visiting and when we got there um we we saw a guy that was just fantastically shoved into an suv and drove away (laughs) so that was very interesting but on top of that we went in we finally got a seat It, it, it took about 30 minutes or so kind of high time kind of crowded 
they're a popular brewery within the city, so I totally get it, but they also serve food. They were serving a soup that was just fantastic and one of my wife's favorites. So we went there. <laughs> I uh, very, I, I can't think of the word, but we waited and we went in and had about 10 bowls of soup <laughs> total, like between us. Because it was fantastic. It was like a butternut squash kind of soup. It was around, you know, fall to winter when we went. And I just had stout after stout after stout from Revolution. Loved their beer. And I don't really remember the first time I've had it. I think it just was a spur of the moment when I was there in Chicago for the first time. We went, had a beer. It was good. Second time we went, I had to go. And... It was phenomenal. They their service was you know 100% beer after beer, soup after soup, what we wanted when we got in, mm. and it was awesome. And I can't exp- I I don't know I can't express enough how good it was. And now they've got the Deep Wood series, and I want it, but I haven't been back yet. <laughs> do they distribute? They don't. Do we know if they distribute that anywhere? No, well, supposedly they distribute wherever they distribute. So the series that they release goes anywhere, but I don't know how viable it is between the distributors. Like how far out they right. distribute. Well, that's a that's a common thing because a lot of times they'll say they'll give them to the distributors and they'll say, "Hey, this is the allocation that you have," and it's up to the distributors to determine right. where they're going to put that beer. So Revolution may distribute that beer, but they may or may not have a say once they pass it on to the distributors mm. where they want to send it to. That's true. So it's it, <clears throat> hmm. Okay. I, that's why it's random. Like we had the anti-hero show up in murfreesboro recently Mm -hmm. and that's a i think it's a double ipa i know it's an ipa of of a sort but i'm not 100 percent sure because they're not here i went for their barrel age series when i went and visited chicago in the past and or their stouts so their ipas were new to me for a while until we started having several people from the office go to chicago to talk to clients and bring back some beer and I specifically requested Revolution. And that's mm. how we aqu- got acquainted to the IPA section of Revolution Brewery here. But I really don't know uh, overall. I actually had Antihero at um, a movie theater. What? In Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> suburb outside Chicago that we went to visit. And it was one of those bar slash food you know, slash waiter slash service industry type movie theaters where you can go in and you say, this is what I want to eat. This is what I want to drink. And you push a button, they bring you your beer and then they bring your food and then you watch the movie. And then if you want something throughout the movie, you just push a little button and they're very, they're very discreet about coming in and picking, you know, giving you something or taking your order. So, um, I think the only revolution beer I've had other than the one we're about to have is anti-hero. Oh, wow. So this should be interesting for me because I've only had one. Uh, Anti-Hero is is a little under 7% and about 65 IBUs. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Whoa, excuse me. Um, so this will be unique because what we're drinking next from them is a coffee porter. It is. Or is and it, stout? it is a coffee porter. Okay. And Eugene is a porter. 
if mm. I'm not mistaken. And they went and made a coffee, Eugene. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I I couldn't tell you about their label very much. I always love their label work because it's just, you know, it, it, it's fantastic. But there's an old guy that I'm not sure, but I'm going to say he's Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be. Why would they put him And on he's him? holding up a whole tapestry here with the label of coffee. <laughs> So uh, that's my ignorance. I haven't done my research on it, but Revolution Brewing is a favorite, and I'll try anything from them. And we're about to polish off this raspberry truffle, but as we're looking at the can, they proudly proclaim that Revolution Brewing Coffee Eugene Porter with Coffee is brewed in Chicago, and I appreciate the bold statement. I kind of wish more breweries kind of did a similar thing if not at the just the end of kind the of can homage to where they where they are yes where they're where they're housed when you have to look up where craft beer is it's kind of doing more homework than you need to off the can right i mean you could always look at the back i guess you know chicago illinois usa 60618 i mean there's that but <laughs> I love being able to look at a can right out of its label of what it is and knowing where it came from. And it's unmistakable to know where the fist in their logo comes from after you've had Revolution Brewery. It's almost prevalent on every series of the can except their specialty series, like the the Hero series. Mm -hmm. I can't exactly remember what they called it, but they've got several different kinds. They've got the Anti-Hero, then there's the flavored IPAs and whatnot. Then they've got their uh, Deepwood series, which, you know, I think originally started with Death's Tar, which was a play on words, as you could tell. But it, it's just, you know, there's some blanks I've got from not living in the city and being able to go to the brewery mm-hmm. every day. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know Revolutionary or Revolution Brewing <clears throat> better. We've been drinking a little bit, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. I'm actually going to interrupt real quick. Go for um, it. I've had a, another, and I, I thought the only beer I had was the Antihero, from, uh, which was the IPA. But as soon as you brought up Death's Tar, I was yes. like, hang on a second. I've heard that before. Mm. So I went to my untapped profile, and I looked it up, and it turns out I had it. Oh, man. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out where it was. Uh, if I look at my surely profile. it was when you were going to Dark Lord's Day. <sighs> no, because I'm sitting there. Oh. I've got the, I've got the can in. Yeah, I think it was a Dark Lord Day. Gotta be. Uh, yep. So I don't have much to go. May May nineteenth, two thousand. Yep. This was a Dark Lord Day. That was when I had it. I took <laughs> yes. a picture of the can. Uh, I tagged my buddy who went to Dark Lord Day with me. Um, and of course I don't ha- I didn't add the location in which I was, I was drinking it. So I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot there. But the fact that I had tagged my dark Lord day buddy and it was on the same day as dark Lord day in 2018 mm. makes me believe that that's where I had it. Cause I'll look at the picture and I see a whole bunch of people in the background, uh, uh and what looks like to be a beer event. So I, I really have little doubt in my mind that it was anything other than dark Lord day. So now I'm curious how how much how many of these guys' beers I've had because I thought it was just anti-hero. Um, but apparently I've had four of their beers. Ooh. Death Tar, uh, Cross of Gold, 
Um, not familiar with Cross of Gold. This was actually, believe it or not, when I ran a 5K. Um, <laughs> oh, this no. was This was a beer <laughs> that they had at the end of the 5K. So uh, it was their Cross of Gold, which was almost like a, a light lager beer Ooh, at the finish nice. line. So I've had it. Um, and then Seasonal 8, which Seasonal was a pale eight. ale. Um, that was at an Italian restaurant in Nashville. And then of course, antihero. So those are the four that I've had. So I'm familiar more with revolution than I thought, but every single beer of theirs that I've checked in has been relatively high marks, a three or above. Wow. Okay. So, so that's awesome. They've got, they've got a tall order to fill here. That's true. The, uh, so, okay. I've had their heroes and I couldn't tell you which. Off galaxy? the top of my head. Yeah, definitely Galaxy. Okay. And I've got to go to my untapped to figure this out. Um, if I go to... If I do see all of my beers, I can type in Revolution. Oh, wow. I've got one I forgot about. So I've had the Antihero, mm-hmm. which is an IPA. Yeah. Coffee Eugene, which is what we're about to have. One's Enough, which is 11% IPA double. Freedom of Speech, which I had recently. It's a sour ale. It was okay. I gave it a 3.5, surprisingly. I must have really liked it. Crystal Hero, which is another IPA of 7.2 ABV. Local Hero. Amarillo Hero. Tropic Hero. And then I had the Oktoberfest recently as well. Mm. Thanks to people who went out of state and brought some back. Gotcha. Same with this coffee, Eugene, that we're about to have. Uh, My boss, uh, Dick Pepper, actually brought back the Hero series, which was Anti-Hero, One's Enough, Crystal Hero, Local Hero, and Amarillo Hero, Tropic Hero. So it was kind of like, I think that's what, Hero, one, two, three, four. There's a five-pack of Heroes, and then he brought back a six-pack of One's Enough. One's enough is 11%, 100 IBU. And I gave it a 375, but apparently the global number for this on Untapped is 4.02. So, uh, interesting. (laughs) Their IPAs are pretty good. And their porters have been all right. And I want to say their stouts are even better than their porters. But it's been a few years. So, let's find out. Yeah. I don't pick up much on the nose. There's some coffee. Ooh, I got some on my nose. Yeah? Uh, I smell coffee, and that's about it. Yeah. Do we want to pour this one into a glass? Why not? I almost feel like... We can go get a new glass. Yeah, go. let's go get some new glasses. Right. You have anything close by? Nope, I'll be right back. Okay. Here we go with some new glasses. As we both pour. I'll let that foamy head relax. (laughs) This has a lot of foam on it. Yeah. We both did the slanted pour, just so you know. And... Pour it too nice, quick. There's a nice waterfall effect to this. <laughs> there is. Though. So you pour it in, and I'd say probably three quarters of my pint glass is filled with foamy head. 
right now, but it's kind of it's it's foaming up and then it's lacing down backwards. So we're really getting a good feel of. I mean, there's a good amount of of foam on this pour. I can't tell if that was me or if that's just how the beer is poured typically. This is odd that we're actually finishing off with this one for the day. Because that's true. The <clears throat> We kind of started out really, really hoppy and really, really high ABV, and then we just kind of went up from there. We had two 10 percenters and then a and then a 14%, which I think we went in the right order there. Like yeah. We started out with two pretty high. I, now, me personally, I would always start out with the darker beers mm -hmm. and then move to the hoppy beers. But I think I told you this last time we were hanging out because last time we did a podcast, you said, let's start out with the hoppy beers, the IPAs, mm -hmm. and then let's move into the darker beers. And we did that and it worked. True. Like I, I'm, I'm very much a fan. I used to think end with the hoppy beers, but... I mean, because I always thought that the hops were going to ruin right. my palate. They're palate crushers. Yes, but it works out because a lot of your darker beers are either barrel-aged or they're coffee mm -hmm. or chocolate. And there's just no muting those flavors no matter what you have before. So right. I'm definitely a fan of drinking the hoppy beers first. So I think we went in the right order. And then we had this 14%. <sighs> raspberry truffle yeah and I, I i i'm scared that this coffee eugene is going to be muted because there were so many flavors in that raspberry truffle there was uh from avery that i'm not i'm not sure i'm going to get a lot of flavor out of this beer so i, I that's hope right i'm wrong i mean we can do a rinser like we can go get some water i almost feel like i need a glass of water before i can as the before i can drink this beer i prefer a little less of a head than i've got on my beer let it sit for a minute. There's no way that this coffee porter could compete no. with a barrel-aged raspberry truffle. Nope. There's no way. Not without <laughs> some sort of a cleanser. Yeah. So this is as accurate as we can get for the moment. Um, I'm going to take a picture real quick because I'm a nerd about it. But Let's see here. We use untapped if you want to find us. Oh, excuse me. You won't find us with a foamy heads just yet, but you can look up, uh, at, at least for me, it's Velsenic, I yep. believe. Well, and, and there's something to that. Whether or not we create an actual untapped profile for the foamy heads, I'm not sure if that's the case because, you know, Instagram and stuff like that, people mm -hmm. you want to follow and Twitter and Facebook and things like that. Yeah, we could have our own social media page, but untapped, it's more about the unique individual and it what is. beer they're drinking. So, um, and it's almost uh, lo locale specific. You mm -hmm. don't really want to follow someone that's outside of your city. Right. Because you want to know what's available around your area. And then on top of that, Mitch has completely different flavor profiles that he tastes mm -hmm. than I do. So it would be unfair to us and to everybody that listens to look at the foamy head right. untapped profile page and says, oh, these guys like this beer. I'm going to go try it. When in reality, maybe only one of us actually likes that beer. Right. The other one doesn't necessarily agree with the flavor profile and right. the tastings and things like that. If we ever had to create a profile, it'd have to be an aggregate. Mm -hmm. it, there's just no way around it. And uh, really it's just follow the different profiles if you will. Yep. But 
it's just uh, very specific with them. Well, and we can we can we can link them in our um, in That's our true. Instagram page, or if we decide that we want to post something yeah. on Twitter or something like that, we can. True. We can throw our profiles out there, and we'll eventually get a website where all this information is available. It's just a matter of time, so uh, you'll be able to check us out eventually. And we'll let you know the URL when that happens. <laughs> For now, we just want to talk about beer. Yeah. This smells good. Coffee Eugene from Revolution Brewing. Definitely coffee. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to take a sip. And there's not much you can say about the color other than it's dark. Yeah. As you'd expect a porter to be. Yeah. Decent foamy head. Caramel. In a way. Color, huh? I I only pick up coffee on the mm-hmm. nose. I'm I, I took I've taken two I've taken two sips of this beer, and all I get is coffee. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't really get anything else with this beer. There's no chocolate. It's very bitter. Um, the aftertaste is super bitter that I would get after like a dark chocolate. But the front is completely coffee. Straight coffee. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it is almost like a cold brew coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. I know coffee doesn't sit too high in your your lights there, but... Not necessarily, but... I'm still new to that. I'm still new to coffee and beers because only recently have I been a coffee porter or a coffee stout beer person. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not privy to all the unique flavor profiles that it has to offer. Um, I've recently just discovered um, how to identify espresso in a coffee. So if something hmm. tastes like it has an espresso flavor to it, I, I don't know what that tastes like. I have to be told that this is espresso. So oh. that's the only way that I know. I'm not picking up on any of that here. Yeah, um, I'm not either. But. Obviously, I know what coffee tastes like because coffee tastes exactly, for the most part, to me like it smells. Mm-hmm. Um, but this beer doesn't have much, and it could be the it could be the chocolate and the raspberry um, barrel aged raspberry truffle that we had. But I'm not really picking up much on anything here except for coffee. No, I think. Uh, it- you're on the right track. It is primarily coffee. There's a, just a little hint of porter, just with the body, mm-hmm. but the rest is all coffee. It, there's not much uh, else to it. it. They, coffee Eugene is just coffee porter. It's just coffee porter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I gave it higher marks when I first had it. Now that I'm having it a second time. It's a little harsher of a trial, I believe. And it's got a little lower marks for me. I think the first time I had it, I hadn't had coffee all day. So I had the coffee porter. It was awesome. Yeah. So you dropped your rating from a 375 to a 325. That's right. On untapped. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> my two cents. Yeah. Um. I am typically not a coffee person unless it's in beer. Mm. So my my energy shots typically come from caffeine and, and 
uh, in the form of large doses of caffeine or energy drinks or pre-workouts or something like that. But coffee typically isn't my go-to. So that being said, I'm not privy to mm. coffee flavors. Um, I just know what I like and what I don't like. And this beer is okay. Like there's not, there's really, it's really just, I, I kind of see what you're saying. There's a little right. bit of a porter right in the middle yes. or right maybe between the middle and the finish mm-hmm. where I would say this is obviously not just coffee, it's beer, but it doesn't do anything for right. me. It's just a straight, it's coffee up front and then it just dissipates into a regular porter at the end and it doesn't stand out. There's nothing about this beer that sticks out. To right. Me. I agree with that. I just, I love coffee. So mm-hmm. it's almost an easy card to play in my court. I love coffee. It's my daily dose of caffeine. I usually have eight cups or more a day. Mm. Weekend, this weekend. It is. This weekend, it has been a lot less, so I have been less amped, I guess. I've had headaches (laughs) because of the caffeine. Yes. But um, today, I went ahead and had six cups of coffee or more. I I couldn't tell you. I just kind of brewed it. So, the coffee Eugene tastes great to me. Uh, that's why I, I did drop it down to a three two five because it's not anything special. I've had my coffee today, so having more coffee is only a benefit to me. <laughs> but the it is just a porter, and it's got that heavy hitting coffee flavor. So it's it's great if you love coffee. Yes, that's about it. <clears throat> I don't know. What else to say about it other than it's a coffee porter? What do you expect? True <laughs> I didn't know like that. You know, I love Revolution, but this is definitely heavy hitting coffee flavor on top of a porter. The porter is just like barely there. It's mostly coffee. I yeah. feel like other than being a porter, but it is like having black coffee right now. I feel like I've been repeating myself for the last 10 minutes. No. On this beer. It's well, just, I mean, it it's is, coffee. And there's is. nothing else. Yeah. It's coffee. <laughs> Up I front, mean, it's coffee. We're going to have beers where we repeat ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just what it is. It, there's no hiding it. They put it here coffee porter with, well, coffee. Coffee Eugene. Yeah. With coffee. I don't care who Eugene is, it's coffee. Porter. <laughs> I mean, it's good if you want coffee in a porter. There you go. It's better than some porters I've had, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But Eugene Porter was sent to a bright tank and aged for an additional week with whole bean coffee from Dark Matter. Mm, dark Matter. That's a big thing in Chicago. Oh, okay. Cold aging allows us, you mentioned cold brew coffee, that yep. this resembles cold brew coffee. The cold aging allows them to extract the aromatic oils from the coffee without extracting any additional bitterness that may impart. Mm. Okay. Interesting. 28 IBUs, 7% ABV. Yeah. Definitely more on the, the even keel weaker side to finish out the kind of a good taper off beer. It is. We killed some beers today. We did. We did some work. <laughs> and we may even have a little taste of some Nika from the barrel. What, uh, what do you think? 
I'm so I'm always down to try that one. At again. least an ounce, yeah. a finger or two. Yes, that was so good. <laughs> yeah, we might as well. I'm, we'll finish out this beer, have a little taste, and we'll be good. Man, you know it's a little sad going through this beer because we have had. We started with Secret City, which was unexplored territory mm -hmm. really we neither of us have been picked up on tennessee brew works as a beer to go and get we know they're a staple in tennessee nashville and we appreciate everything they're doing with their beers it's just we don't follow them right yeah there hasn't been anything hard hitting for us to continue to buy mm -hmm. i don't know it's just probably more our problem than anything maybe it might have been just a one beer thing. I will say that I don't remember his name. I was at a Black Abbey during their winter beer. I can't remember the name of it, but you know, it, this has been a couple years ago. But they do a winter beer event where it's all bourbon barrel aged dark beers. And the guy from Tennessee Brew Works, one of the marketing directors or something, showed up, and he dispensed a couple picks guitar picks and i was like that's great that's yeah. a brilliant little idea for <laughs> right. publicity wherever yeah. you go just to distribute tennessee right. brew works picks yes there's no harm in that it can only help it's music city people use the shit out of guitar and picks. their logo is a guitar pick exactly yes so i just kind of complimented him on that and you know i'm sure anyone would and he goes yeah 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 well they were in partnership for a time, apparently, with uh, Honey and Beer and some other distributors involved. And mm. Black Abbey and Tennessee Brew Works had a collaboration that year. And I don't think I got to experience that at the end of it. It was only hinted at, and it was still in production. So I think what I had, I was, I think, given like an early production taste but it was primarily honey, almost like the taste of a mead. Mm. So it was getting there. It wasn't complete yet. That being said, I really appreciate the effort of just like saying, this is where we're from. He was already wearing a polo from Tennessee Brewer, so there's no hiding it. Right. But the fact of having getting a pick and the experience talking with someone experienced in the field with how beer is done. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah. It's hands down one of the best ways to get involved and talk and discuss and his discourse was great so i don't know why i have not had a beer that i've just wanted to talk about with tennessee brewworks hmm. it's mind-numbing why i haven't talked more about them maybe we need to maybe we need to do a podcast with just a bunch of tennessee brewworks beers because I, i'm kind of with you like Every time I've tried something from these guys, hmm. it's just never been I, like I don't think they make bad beer. No, by any means, it's just there's nothing special about the flavor profiles of what they make. In the in the Nashville has a lot of different breweries. Bearded Iris has pretty much cornered the IPA territory. They really have. in Nashville. I mean, there is no doubt about it. Their three year mm. anniversary party had upwards of 3,000 people in line yesterday. Which is insane. It's insane. And people are willing to wait in line for hours and hours and hours 
for a beer that they may or may not get again from right. these guys. Black Abbey is just, you know, I, I personally don't drink a lot of Black Abbey. Mm. That doesn't mean that they're not good. It's just there's so much more in Nashville. Black Abbey is all about, you know, kind of the, the I hate to use this term, but they're the anti-religion when it comes to beer. <laughs> like they steer on the darker side of things like their their name and their their whole setup is is like a church for the dark side of things. Right. So they are all about darker beers mm. and and going against the grain on everything. So you've got that, and then you've got Bearded Iris, you know, and then you've got breweries like Turtle Anarchy that are making some really mm-hmm. weird beers. And then you got Tennessee Brew Works. Like yeah. they're just they make a wit, they make an IPA, they make a porter, and there's just nothing that stands out about them right so i overlook them every time because if i want a regular beer i'll go to tennessee brew works but if i want something unique i'm gonna go somewhere else <laughs> right so and i don't think you're wrong also, i don't think you're wrong uh one name that comes to mind that i've had random encounters with and fantastic tastes of beer with is southern grist oh i love southern grist <laughs> oh i love I know. Grist. like they they're like the 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 brain ninja in tennessee you don't hear much about them no. but when you experience them you're like oh shit why haven't i had more of these guys before right. i 100 percent agree with that yeah i 100 percent agree with that and matter of fact every time i go to nashville southern grist is the last place that i think to go but every time my buddy goes, hey, let's go to Southern Grist, I go, okay, I'll meet up with you. Right. It's always a great time. Uh, it's so good. They make they make so many good beers. They make good IPAs. They make weird IPAs. Yeah. But they make porters. They make stouts. They make everything good. I, I don't know if they make sours. Do they make sours? I'm sure okay. they've done. But like you said, they're the last thought in Nashville for yeah. some reason. But they're good. They're delicious. Why Every doesn't time. Richard think of those guys more? <laughs> Why doesn't everybody? Yes. <laughs> for some reason, Bearded Iris says the market when it comes to Nashville beer right now. And, you know, we've got also Cesar's. Or Tailgate. Tailgate. Tailgate yeah. makes a lot of good beer. we got a lot of breweries popping up in Nashville, but not many of them are making a big name when it comes to just talking about them. Yeah. And I'm not sure why it could just be us. I don't know. Maybe it's a marketing thing. It could be because bearded Iris makes IPAs. Yeah. And a lot of their IPAs taste very much the same. Like all of their IPAs have that same bearded Iris base Yeah. where you go, that's a bearded Iris beer. Like you can always tell when you drink a bearded Iris beer, but what do people do? They stand in line every time they release a new IPA. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got to have this. It's got to be a marketing technique. It's technique. something, man. Yeah, it's got to be marketing. Uh, bearded Iris, I'm like, somehow they became the staple. I'm not exactly sure of, Na- of how that became to be in Nashville, especially at their location. <laughs> but it's amazing. Well, here's my thought. <clears throat> no brewery has really... Lots of Nashville breweries make IPAs. Turtle right. Anarchy makes IPAs. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Brewworks makes a 1927 unfiltered IPA. It's not bad. I really right. liked it. That's probably been one of my favorite breweries from Tennessee Brewworks. Mm. Tennessee Brewworks, Turtle Anarchy. You know, there's quite a few out. Southern Grist, um, um, Tailgate makes really good IPAs. I Ooh, love Tailgate, Tailgate's IPAs, yeah. but. 
I always go back to Bearded Iris, and I, I really couldn't figure out why. And then I thought about it. <clears throat> Every time Bearded Iris posts a new update on what they're on a brewery that they release, they release a new beer every other Friday. It's a uh, new IPA. Yeah. But if you go look on their Instagram page, they depict, they actually tell you what hops are going into their IPA. Oh. And whether or not it's the same or it's different, they say, here's the information that goes into this IPA. And it makes me subconsciously think that's a beer I want to try. Right. So on top of good marketing, you can stack up a whole bunch of bearded iris cans next to each other. And they all just look good next to each other. They're right. very similar, but they're all Consistent. different at the same time. Consistent. That's the word. Yeah. That's the one I'm looking for. Exactly. But they all have different hops in it, but they all have the same bearded iris base. Right. Combine that with their marketing. I go, oh, look, they're releasing a new beer. I need to go try it. Because of the consistency, you know that you're going to like it. Yes. Okay. So I think I like Bearded Iris because every single time they release something new, I know the hops that are in it. Right. But at the they same time. proudly present it. it. Yeah, yes. it's right on their label. But their labels are consistent enough to where you can stack multiple Bearded Iris beers next to each other and you go, those are all beer. They look the same, but mm -hmm. at the same time, they all look good because they're all different next right. to each other. Oh, speaking of Bearded Iris, they had a big three-year mm -hmm. and three-anniversary party yesterday. There's been some beers that I've missed, like Scatterbrain, Double Scatterbrain, mm -hmm. all disappeared. Mm. Pretty sure. Past two years, they went away. But Homestyle stuck around, got its own branding. They're a staple. They're a staple. Yep. And, you know, it's crazy how many different things they come up with. Chief of Chiefs is still a thing. Oh. Yeah. I love Chief of Chiefs. I love Chief of Chiefs, too. I forgot it was still around, and they did something uh, maybe a month before their third anniversary mm -hmm. with Chief of Chiefs. Yep. I still want to go find it and see if I still like it. I'm sure I will. You will. But it's like... What you were saying, they don't just—they don't—they disclose exactly everything that they put into it, but they don't say how much or how little or whatever. Hmm. So I feel like there's a little bit of strategy and a little bit of a curtain, you know what I mean? But it is. I can see a curtain. Yeah. Yeah. It almost makes it like, oh, it's out. I have to go get it mm -hmm. now before it runs out. Right. That's what they do with Chief of Chiefs. It's released every like three months. Right. <laughs> but for whatever reason, you have to go fucking get it because right. they just released Chief of Chiefs. Yeah. So you have to go get it while it's still available. So, I mean, there's a big event that happened. We might have some beers for it. We might not. We'll see. I think but, we will. All right. I think we will. I didn't go, but we'll see what we can get. <laughs> The uh, let's just say the line was two thousand out the door. Yep, <laughs> uh, it was closer. My buddy, my buddy went there uh, to their three anniversary party yesterday, and he said by the time he left, there were three thousand people there Ooh. at the brewery. That that's I, a lot of people. If that's not a staple at Nashville. I don't know what is. Yeah, when you can in a city full of microbreweries. Mm -hmm. When a brewery that releases nothing but IPAs and stouts, they've they've gotten That's pretty true. good at their stout game. Um, at the beginning, say, it was sketchy. It was sketchy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember their name, the name of their first stout. It was that they something released. to do with a ship, man. I don't. It was remember. something to do with the ship. I remember yeah. that. Um, oh, it's killing me now. 
Uh, yeah. I don't, but I yeah, so remember. I mean, like Homestyle was their first beer, mm-hmm. you know, and they came out with the and they do this. They they do like every other Friday. They have every other Friday and every other Saturday. They release two new beers, and maybe that's what it is. Is they only produce it in limited quality quantities, mm. and then people go get it. And then it's gone for a while. And then they come back and then they say, hey, we're re-releasing this beer. And people are like, oh, I got to <laughs> yeah. go get this beer. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's what it is. It could be. It could be the limited amounts that they produce, though it's enough for like a substantial amount of population. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I can't tell exactly what the hype is all about overall. Because, I mean, we're coming at three years. Yeah. Beer Diaries has been a staple in Nashville since year one. Yep. Year one was a blast. We were like, oh, shit, there's IPA in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> Good IPAs yes. in Nashville. Year two. Oh, shit, You're more IPAs. Keep with the IPAs yeah. in Nashville. <laughs> and now we're at year three. And year three, they've produced a third, uh, I guess, edition of Homestyle. Triple Homestyle. Triple Homestyle. So. Yeah. I haven't looked or read anything into it. Do you know what it's about at it's, all? It's all it's all uh, Simcoe based. Okay. So Homestyle is Homestyle has always been a single hop mm. IPA with Simcoe hops. Interesting. Uh, okay. And so year one they released Homestyle. That was kind of like their staple beer. So much to the point that they rebranded the canning, and it looks oh. solid. Like the black, it does the black can with the gold labeling and the uh-huh. hats and like all the apparel that they produce looks really good. And the second year they were in business, they actually came out with double home style, mm-hmm. and and it was just like, oh, it's this, right. it's home style, but it's double IPA. And they kept producing it throughout the year. Yeah, so you could get it anywhere. Yep. You could get it anywhere, um, not all the time, because it would come out, you know, right. every couple of months, and people were like, "Oh, I gotta get Homestyle," and everybody would go buy it up, and then all of a sudden they didn't have it anymore. Right. And then three months later, they would release it again, and uh, that's probably what their marketing technique is. Probably. You know, and then their three-year anniversary happened yesterday. That's right. And they posted an image on their Instagram account where they had a can of Homestyle and it was crumpled up and laying down on the side like it had died. Yeah. And then they had the double Homestyle can that was crumpled up and died onto the side. And then they had a can of triple Homestyle reigning supreme sitting on top of both Christine. cans. And that was the exact... I looked at that and I go, I have to have that right. beer. They got good photos. Yes. Very good photo. And their, their marketing is on point. I think that's what's caused Bearded Iris to be such a successful brewery in nashville yes is they can release variations of the same damn beer Mm -hmm. and be popular now i can't speak to the scarlet letter i've heard overall from the community about them but they're they're unstoppable right now in Mm -hmm. nashville man they they rose out of nowhere it seems like to the general populace Mm -hmm. and have continued to dominate yep and that is wild to me. And we'll see where they go. That's right. This yeah. is the third year. It's still going strong. But you know what? They've got they've they've started out with IPAs and mm-hmm. you know, they did a porter. Ship shape. That was the name of their porter that they did. That initially. was it. It was, that a was porter. It. And they've gotten over time they had V Fudge and you know they've done various non IPA beers and some of them have been wildly successful. In other words, right. we're like, uh, good for you for trying, but just go back to IPA. Ship shape. Ship shape. <laughs> Exhibit. 
But you know, and but they they're starting to understand the non-IPA game a little bit because they mm-hmm. released a couple of barrel-aged stouts at their third anniversary party yesterday that Ooh. a buddy of mine went to and was able to secure a couple for me. Very nice. And I. You know, every time I try now a non-IPA from Bearded Iris, I'm not disappointed by them. Mm. You know, so I think they're starting to branch out from IPAs, which is good because they understand that they need to stay relevant in the beer industry. And the way to do it is not just produce more IPAs all the time. They have to keep things fresh. Mm -hmm. And that's what what their reasoning is for releasing all these new non-IPA beers. And they're doing a good job at it. They really are. Keep us interested enough mm-hmm. to keep going back. And the rest of Nashville, apparently. Yep. So they're Who else has right. a, a line of 3,000 people outside their brewery for an anniversary party? Right. There's no other brewery that does that. No. There's nothing that comes up on my feed about it. And nope. it could be my problem, but... I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. No. Bearded Iris <laughs> even went so far as to say... Here's our third anniversary party. Here are the places you're not allowed to park. Which right. means they have been so popular that in times past, they have been able, they have had people park in places where they were not supposed to park simply because they ran out of places to park on an anniversary party. Right. That's a good problem to have. 